Welcome back to another edition of the Rewind That Tape podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Probs. I'm Mr. Stromboli. And as we wrap up the NFL season, there's plenty left to happen. We already saw today the Jacksonville Jaguars lock up that number one pick in which it will likely be Trevor Lawrence. We saw division clinchers, Pittsburgh Steelers and Seattle Seahawks. But there's still a lot to cover, and it has to do with the playoffs. We go back to week eight, we wouldn't have thought teams like the Cowboys and Bears would have a shot at the playoffs, nor would you have thought that the Browns and Cardinals had a pretty good chance at missing the playoffs as they have some tough matchups that they need to win in order to keep those playoff, keep that playoff hope alive. But first, after the Texans lost 37-31 to the Cincinnati Bengals, Texans D lineman J.J. Watt had a strong message at the post game, and it mainly had to do with people. If you're not going to put in work, then you shouldn't be on an NFL team. Fans putting in the effort and energy to come to games, uh, be participants with this team. What are y'all's reaction to his strong message as a leader on this team? Yeah, I mean, he's the leader of this team right now. He's the veteran present. He's he's been there a while. He's the multiple-time defensive player of the year winner. And I don't think he can see the Texans 4 and 11 like he he still wants to go out hard and he still wants to win cuz I feel like that's in his nature and I uh but from what his message is stating it seems like a couple of these young guys for sure are like I don't know if they're going as hard because, you know, they're 4-11 and 11 and it doesn't really show that much. And, you know, Coach Bill O'Brien being gone and you're having a whole culture change in this organization, right? And I think Watt wants to, he wants to establish a culture of hard work because that's going to get us the most success in the future. And I think that's, that's really what we need right now. And I, I really like the message from him. As a fan, I think he's stepping up as a leader, and he's he's doing good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at this from the Texans fan standpoint, and you absolutely have to agree because this is what they've been thinking the entire time. And to be honest, you don't see star players look at the media in the eyes and tell them this stuff, but J.J. Watt did, and I'm just going to briefly talk about a few of the quotes that we got from him which included if you're not working hard doing your lifts and doing what you're supposed to do you shouldn't be here I think that's that one definitely hits and another one of the big ones that I saw that like really connected with me is he though that this is the quote directly that's who I feel most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply and the city and the people who love it and truly want it to be great and it's not. And that sucks as a player to know we're not giving them what they deserve. I think to me, when you read both of those kind of quotes in your head, you instantly think that he is going to be at that franchise. And, and this calling out may look negative right now, but it's 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 going to be huge yeah, in the this, future. J.J. Watt's been with the Texans his entire career. Like He is a Texan for life. Um, even if he moves on to another team, just like Andre Johnson, he's going to be a Texan for life. He's given us so many moments um, that I I just think he's a great player and a great cornerstone for the city. But uh, yeah, he's he's getting the message across because he he connects with the fans. He knows what they're feeling, and he for all the love that they've given him, he wants to give them something back. Because like I know we've made the playoffs multiple times, but like over this past season, maybe two seasons. It hasn't been looking that great with Bill O'Brien. So, I mean, he's he knows how bad of a situation we are in and how the city of Houston, like, we went from having all this hope for the Rockets, um, super, um, World Series champions with the Astros, a Texans team that had DeAndre and um, Deshaun leading the charge. And we were really hopeful, right? And now yeah. look at what's going on. They've got, they've got a scandal. Um, DeAndre's gone, Bill O'Brien's fired, Rockets got rid of Russ, James Harden might be on his way out, and you're just looking, and it's 
a pretty bad situation right. right now. And I feel like I feel like JJ Watt understands. Right. That. And you being from Houston, you being a Texans fan, I mean, it's like Houston went from a series of all three main teams that are being playoff contenders to all three teams getting absolutely memed. I mean the Texas I mean, excuse me, the Rockets are in a complete mess right now. As you said, like going back to that JJ Watt standpoint, Watt is part of what people think about when they think of Houston, they think of Texas football and they think of JJ Watt. You look at the other uh, past situations where Watt is helping with Hurricane Harvey relief, donating to charity, things like that. Watt's that kind of guy who's a great leader on the field and great leader off the field. And to go through a lot, a terrible season like this, the people are going to be looking up to Watt. They want answers. And, you know, Watt's going to be that one to provide Houston comfort no need for worry we'll be back next season that kind of a mentality mm-hmm. but um yeah it's it's uh it's not been a great year for texans fans and for houston as a whole but it's um it's gonna need a, a lot of improvements come next off season but we'll now uh transfer to the dallas cowboys who just came off of an impressive 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 win on their division rivals Philadelphia Eagles at home in Arlington. Stromboli, what are your thoughts? You saw Michael Gallup had a career game. Andy Dalton played great football. Do you think this Cowboys team deserves a playoff spot over the Washington football team? Well, let me tell you, when you compare those two teams, you you instantly look at the head-to-head matchup, which from my perspective, I mean, Washington wins that easily both times. And so that's kind of hard to go against the Washington football team here. But once again, you have to look at how these teams are playing when you go into the playoffs. And the playoffs are about two things, getting your head clear and looking straight ahead, not anything in front, and being focused and having the momentum going into the playoffs. So if you don't have either one of those, it's going to be hard to look ahead. And for Washington, I I just don't see that right now. That's the problem. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be in the playoffs, but they are not focused, clearly. Mm-hmm. This is a bad game against the – before we talk about the Cowboys, this is a bad game Carolina. against a Cardinals – or, excuse me, a Panthers team that they mm-hmm. should have beat. And not to mention, now you're on the hot seat because if you lose next week to an Eagles team, which has a surging, surging offense, the, the Cowboys won today with yeah, the uh, but we'll touch on that here ahead. in a second. If you don't win that game next week, if the Washington football team doesn't win that game, they are in deep trouble because not only did they just lose the game, they mm-hmm. missed the playoffs if they lose that game because the winner of the Cowboys or in Giants. Right, yeah, this offseason, a lot Washington of changes. That you got Ron Rivera. But personally, I've been high on Alex Smith, and now many people may, may say he doesn't make that big of a difference. But we just saw today it was a 4-9 and nine Panthers team coming in. Um, Dwayne Haskins had a quarterback rating of 36.9, I believe. And he with him nor the, uh, his backup that today were unable to get the job done. Alex Smith makes a huge impact on this offense. And whether it doesn't look like he throws touchdowns, these long, ginormous, jaw-breaking plays, I mean, he makes a difference on this offense. If, if what well, It's making other players better. And that's exactly what he's doing. So I think if he plays on Sunday – they're going to beat the Eagles, and they're going to the playoffs. If he doesn't play on Sunday, that's quarterback situation's a mess. Cowboys, all you need to do is beat that Giants team, and you're in the playoffs. But, um, Probs, is Ron Rivera the problem here? Or is it Dwayne? Is it Ron Rivera not giving the correct play calling for Haskins, or is it Haskins just completely playing the worst football possible? I think Rivera isn't the problem. I mean, we've seen him prove himself multiple times before, like, he went to the Super Bowl with the Panthers, right? He's a Super Bowl winning coach. He's he brings a good mentality to this team. I mean, he has that pedigree, and it's not like the Panthers fired him because he was doing a bad job. I think they just wanted a culture change. They wanted exactly. something different. Yeah, they wanted to get out of the Cam Newton era. They let him go, let Olson go, let Rivera go, and so now you now at Carolina you got Rule and this new generation. But um, Ron Rivera is still a great coach right and I think it's it's Dwayne it's not Dwayne Haskins fault because I still think he's a he's a talented quarterback but he's just 
not been in the right situation. He's he isn't adapting to NFL NFL football as as fast. He's making some pretty immature mistakes that I think are costing him a lot on the field and off the field. And so, yeah, I think it's not Rivera's fault that this Washington team is doing bad, but I think it's their instability at quarterback because you have Alex Smith, who's a veteran presence. He brought some kind of um, stability, and then he gets injured, and you're thrown back into this chaos. I mean, the 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 football team correct me if i'm uh, sorry but uh they uh they lean on their defense that's their strong suit chase young yeah that's correct um yeah and they're that's their strong suit but uh they they need someone who can throw the ball get it get some completions get some first downs because um they need some kind of offense because when they're because their defense isn't going to be posting shutouts in the playoffs or against a Philly team that looks really strong with Jalen Hurts. Right, and this, so and this or excuse me, um, but this goes off topic. But would you look? Cam Newton signed a one-year deal earlier this year with New England mm-hmm. that deals up. If you're Washington, do you consider taking a chance on Cam Newton? We've seen his throwing just hasn't been great, but those Patriots receivers are uh, bottom of the league. Would you consider it new in Rivera reunion in Washington? I mean, I mean, before we move on from the whole Haskins, or before we move on into that Cam Newton kind of segment, I just want to add that Haskins was thrown into this quarterback situation, yeah, way too late, way too late, and and to keep Alex Smith's injury status up in the air. Not only to the media and the fans, but mm-hmm. to your own team. Yeah. I think that's a mistake inside the organization as it is, and I think that really shows you that there's something more wrong with Washington that we're not seeing. Because let me tell you, if they knew Smith wasn't gonna play, Haskins does not play as bad as he did today. Because Rivera, once again, as probably mentioned earlier, is good enough to say, "This is what we need to do." This is how we're going to run our quarterback offense because now you're you're looking at Rivera right now, and I know Alex Smith checks down the ball a lot, but they also ran a pretty yeah. decent offense with Kyle Allen back in Carolina as well. So that tells you he knows enough about quarterbacks and how to run the system in general. But back to Doctor Cash's point about Cam Newton. I'm going to go ahead and take the first crack. I just don't see it happening. He brought Kyle Allen over from Carolina, and I, I just don't see him bringing in another quarterback to what's what I think is way too crowded of a quarterback room. I don't think you should ever have three quarterbacks of the caliber that all three of those quarterbacks are at on the same team. And I really think one of them should leave when they can because some of those guys – Two, I think two or three of those guys, all three of them could potentially be starters or have a shot at a starter, especially with all the quarterback injuries this year. Yeah, I think um, Cam Newton, he he's has not been playing good. And if you look at Alex Smith's play so far, I think he is doing much better than, um, than Cam Newton has been. And I think if you're the football team, I think you look at the draft and you see Maybe you take a flyer on Trey Lance. Uh, if Zach Wilson is still available, maybe you pick him up because um, Dwayne Haskins is not your quarterback for the future, and so you need to find that. And I think some of these late round picks they might have kind of, they might have some potential, right? And so I think that's uh, that's what they should be looking at at this point. I mean, we don't know. Uh, Ron Rivera might might like a. Uh, uh, what's it cam newton as his quarterback because he's so familiar with him but i think the way that he's been playing is just not good i don't think um cam newton's been playing top tier football and i think washington football team should not should not yeah i just threw that out there just thinking uh back to ron rivera's carolina base where he was with newton but i think i'll agree with you there i don't think that they should pursue cam newton because what they need is someone who can throw that ball down to uh, Terry McLaurin. Yep. You have t- that talented receiver. You have a new and upcoming tight end in uh, Logan Thomas. So mm-hmm. I think that um, something that Washington should focus on is 
You got to find a good quarterback that has a pretty decent arm in free agency. But Alex Smith does. Yeah. But we'll we'll see if he's the answer. If the, if he can lead this team to the playoffs, they'll, and they'll have a home game if they make it. Mm-hmm. Is Alex Smith possibly the answer? Because we looked before this that horrific injury. That team was six and two, I believe, before he got injured against the Texans that day. So yep. this man's in a tough situation. That quarterback situation is tough. But uh, that Washington team, they they got a shot at it. And I think Alex Smith, if he plays in Week Seventeen, has a uh, Pretty good darn shot at making at doing something in the playoffs. We now move yeah, I... into what we saw on Thursday night. Two attack of Iloa gets replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. We saw that crazy uh, no look throw. Um, that was insane. For the Led to the game winning drive. Um, Field goal. Do you think? Or excuse me, do you believe in Fitz Magic? Um, after what I saw there, and after what I've seen him do multiple times, I I, I kind of believe in Fitz Magic. Like, it's just crazy. Like, he's this, he's a good quarterback, right? And I think, yeah, I think he's he's good. I think he's. At this point in his career, I think, and at the point in Tua's to career, I think he might be a bit better than him from what we've seen so far. And, yeah, I believe in Fitz magic, especially in those clutch time situations when you just throw him, throw him in there and then he wins you the game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. When you look at Fitz magic, you have a... Uh... You have a team where in the you have a team in the uh excuse me, not Tampa Bay. That was his former team. But you have a team in the Dolphins. I'm blanking right now. Uh in Miami, excuse me. You have a team in Miami where you look at the team and they already have a quarterback and not only that, they're telling us that Fitzmagic still won't start after putting him in the game. Flores told us here that Fitzmagic was a spark, was a ninth-inning pitcher. And I know all of us know baseball enough to know, and all of us know football enough to know, is you don't move your leader off the team. You don't move your shortstop out of the game. You don't move your star, all-star basketball player out of the game at the very end when they are needed the most. I just you cannot have a a ninth inning relief pitcher as your quarterback. Okay, yeah, you can put in a field goal kicker or a wide receiver, but you cannot have a new quarterback entering the game because not only does it make the whole organization look dumb, it makes it look like the Miami Dolphins yeah. don't have faith in their rookie quarterback, who they persistently yeah, I mean, say is their starter. Another organization we talked about. Yep, sorry, probs, but let me finish this off real quick. We talked about Washington earlier, about how their organization already looks like a mess. This is another one of those things where I don't know if Brian Flores should be doing what yeah, he's I have doing to agree right with now. you on this one. Like Tua, Tua is their starter, so he should he should be playing the entire game. He's he they just spent a top five draft pick on him. Like you should have enough faith in him to let him go through the game and. Since it's not, even if it's not a blowout, if it's a close game, you should let him have that experience because without it, he it might be detrimental to his growth. Um, if you just take him out at those big moments when he could be learning so much, I think, yeah, that's exactly. I think my it's, point. if they want to keep him as their starter and if they want to get some big time moments from him and. In the future, they want him to be their quarterback. They'll need him to have experience in these big-time moments, and they're just taking that experience right right from under him at this time, putting in Fitzpatrick. So either they should commit to Fitzpatrick playing and keeping Tua on the bench, or which they obviously don't seem comfortable doing, or they should keep Tua in the entire game because he's their franchise quarterback and he's their starter, who they said in the beginning of the game. And even if their starter has a bad game, you don't just throw him out for a 
reliever as you were analogizing. So yeah, what do you think, Doctor Cat? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that that wasn't even an analogy. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was, but Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. told us that. He said we needed yeah. fits that he said that Ryan would be used as a a ninth inning reliever, which which really oh, I, sucks not only to yeah. for Tua, but it also sucks for Ryan because he he's so much better at what he's doing throughout the year. I mean, he's getting better and better, and in my opinion, I've been behind the Dolphins. Just like I think they should just get sacked as a team. But I mean, once again, this isn't like soccer or or baseball where you can just tell it mm-hmm. to take out the whole team. Um, but I think absolutely ridiculous move from Flores to even take him out in the first place. And what I want to say is the team looks a lot worse. Mm-hmm. They look they they're winning, they're winning every now and then. But but Fitzpatrick had them in a better situation than what they're in now. Now they need to pray for a few situations to go their way, and we'll talk about that later. But I just think it's ridiculous how they're starting a rookie quarterback after not only that. But they brought him in before yeah. to help save the team. It's like they they want to win, but they're they're playing Fitzpatrick only when they have to because they believe it, they drafted this rookie quarterback. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. I just want to point out the point that drafting a quarterback yeah, look at does not mean you have to play them. Drafting a quarterback, yeah, exactly. Because because right now you're you're telling the whole world that you need this. You need this. You need to draft a quarterback. You need to play your quarterback well, just because everybody yeah. else is doing I mean, you clearly yeah, have I think a better I, player I agree right with now you right there. But going back to y'all's point where you uh, two other starter keep him in the game, it, it really depends on the type of situation you're in. And the Dolphins are in a situation where they can make the playoffs. So it's a gut feeling there for Brian yeah. Flores. It's If you know Fitzpatrick's the one who's going to win you this game over Tua, you put him in. Because this team's not – isn't it, isn't yeah. they're not uh, – Four and ten midway through the season kind of team anymore. They're competing with, for the playoffs with that all star defense they have, and I I agree with Flores there to take well, two out. If that you got to do whatever you have to do to win. If so you think if you, I would say that you, you need to you need to well, play to, yeah, uh, but, Ryan Fitzpatrick if that's what it's gonna. T- yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean props. Go point, ahead. Uh, what's it called? I think if. Like uh, Dr. Cash said, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is your best shot at winning games, then you should start him. Like he, Then he should be your starting quarterback. If he gives you the best shot at winning games, then he should be starting. It shouldn't be the quarterback that um, guarantees you less amount of wins. Because like we saw with the Chiefs, they benched Patrick Mahomes for a year. And who knows? He might not have, he might not have been exactly the same quarterback if he had started day one. Like these quarterbacks need time to develop, and from yeah. what we've been seeing with these benches on and off, going from one game to another, one quarter from another, I think Tua needs that year on the bench to really learn. And you have a veteran quarterback in Fitzpatrick who can take hold of this team and win some games. Like I, I do not know what is um, stopping Flores from benching Tua and riding Fitzpatrick through the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree, and and that's why I also disagree mm-hmm. with the point where I also disagree with, I guess, both of you guys on this. But you can't keep flip flopping quarterbacks as as a, somebody that's that's known the quarterback position, that's talked to quarterbacks, that's studied it. You cannot just flip quarterbacks back and forth because not only does that once again look bad for you, but it looks it's bad for them because quarterbacks. Not only have to think about the play, have to have the knowledge of the play, have to have everything about that. They also have to have the mental capability to go in and out and go out there and execute and go out there and not think about it. Because guess what? The play starts and ends with the quarterback. If the quarterback can't make the throw, the team loses the game. I just want to add that in there. So when you look at it from a mental standpoint, you're getting ready to go in and win your team the game. And the court coach comes up to you and says, hey, we're not going to take you. We're going to get the guy that just walked into the bathroom. We're going to go get him out of the bathroom and bring him into the game. Because that's what just happened with Miami. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick was using the team bathroom. And when yeah, he came I mean, back, he was informed. Yeah, it's definitely disappointing game. as a starter, but this is absolutely Tua's play did not meet yeah. the level that they needed to beat that Raiders team. That was a game-winning drive. Fitzpatrick set them up with. And if Brian Flores and that offensive coordinator did not think Tua could have done that, led them to that win, they had to protect their chance to make the playoffs. And that and Ryan Fitzpatrick was the man. Yeah, but let me tell you one thing. Let me just put out a scenario for you because I, I think I see what you're saying. But if that's the case, you got to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you don't think Tua is going to go out there and win a game, then Ryan should be starting from day one. Now, before you say anything, let me just put an, another point out there from another point of view. Let's just take the Bengals. Actually, the Bengals, I, I mean, it's just hard to see them winning. Let's just take the Chargers. The Chargers are not too far. They almost made a push. They lost a few close games. Let's say they win those games. Let's say they are the Miami Dolphins. They're one game out or in the playoffs or whatever Miami is right now. I'm telling you this right now. They're not taking out Justin Herbert and putting in Tyrod Taylor when the game's on the line because they know Justin Herbert can throw, and they right. believe in but, Justin but Herbert. Herbert. And I don't think this is something that that's a, that's a singular thing. This is a, 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 a one-time thing. I don't think we'll ever see this right, in the but, NFL, but Herbert, despite if Herbert you're a rookie is performing or not. At an elite you have level. to believe in your play. He's been able to put the ball down the field to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, you name it. He's been able to put the ball where he needs it to. He's been putting up stellar stat lines, while Tua, on the other hand, just hasn't been able to put up the numbers. And that's completely okay. He's a rookie, and the Dolphins' situation right now just isn't the best one for him. Eight and five, contending for the playoffs. That defense is lights out. Fitzpatrick's the right guy. The Dolphins know it, but they're under that pressure where they should be putting Tua in because all these other rookies are starting. But we've seen in in game that Tua's not the man. His first win against the Rams... All defense and special teams. Barely any of that was Tua. So it's 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 really about the pressure the Dolphins organization is facing here for me. They're facing pressure that they need to yeah, start the, that rookie, but he's just not in the right situation. And that could be next offseason. He's working in practice, preseason, whatever, where he develops that play. I think. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. Uh, my point was that you need to pick a guy – and stick to that guy. You can't keep flip-flopping, despite if it wins you the game or not, because that just shows the quarterback that you don't have trust in him. Because let me right. tell you, next time that the – they say the Dolphins make the playoffs, right? And they're playing whoever, they're, the, the, the Bills, because they, they, they could play the Bills again. So you're going down to the last two minutes, and all of a sudden it's a 10-point game. Are you putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game? Because I guarantee Wait. you, Tua's going to be thinking that he might not play. That's a thought yeah, in I the think, back of his head, and that's a problem think, as a quarterback. Well, um, it's a trust off, issue. Um, both of your points, I think this is a problem with the quarterback, his his mental thoughts for sure, going to the crunch time when he needs to be focusing the most on the game, not if he's going to be in the game or out the game. And I also think this is a problem with the organization because like Dr. Cash said, it's a problem with the pressure um, and and et cetera. And I think if you are an organization and if you um, if you uh, draft a quarterback, then you should be ready to bench him for a whole season or you should be ready to play him right from the first snap. And I think um, this um, Brian Flores and the whole um, Miami um, coaching staff, um, they should – they should all look at um, what Tua is doing and, and see that he is not playing at his best right now and that Brian Fitzpatrick is obviously playing better than him. And, um, yeah, and so they should be going with Fitzpatrick as a quarterback no matter what kind of pressure they get from outside because this is their organization and they're the one closest with Tua, closest with Fitzpatrick, and they know what's best for both of them and what's best for the organization. So they should be going with that, not with – any kind of pressure that's going on. So if they are getting some kind of pressure, I think that's, and it's dictating their um, moves, then I think that's a problem with the organization as a whole. And I think then they won't be able to. Right. There's, it's, and there's two compelling arguments. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's I, I agree with many things point. to agree and disagree on, especially with this dolphin situation. Cause we look at last year, 
their bottom five of the league. They're ready for Tua, but they've proved people wrong this year. They're ready to go to the playoffs. Before we move on, I'd like to leave you all with one last question to conclude this segment. If the Dolphins make the playoffs, who are you starting? Keep in mind here, Brian Fitzpatrick hasn't played in a single playoff game. Tua here, obviously, the rookie, um, the only rookie in this class to play in a Tua playoff, start a playoff game if they decide to start him. Who are you going with? Well, let me tell you, I'm going with Ryan Fitzpatrick for three reasons. For, for one reason, not even three. I don't even think I need to name three. First of all, he just won you the game. A clutch game. Knocking the Raiders out of contention and just narrowing the playoff race for you. Second of all, Ryan's played fine throughout the year. There's been no problems with his thing. So I guess we are going three reasons here. And third of all, he got his face mask ripped off when he made the best play of the game last night. Or two nights ago. So mm. I just want to point out all of that and then say I don't think that the Dolphins will do that. I think they are going to start Tua no matter what we see next week, mm-hmm. which is disappointing in the least. But once again, if they're down 14, I don't know what to expect from this team. I don't know if Brian Flores is going to pull out a Brian Fitzpatrick out of the back of his pocket. But if he does, I think the whole world will be watching. And I think if Ryan wins a playoff game, which I think that this definitely deserved the merits to be thought of as a playoff game. But I think if he does win a playoff game, that certainly changed things. And I think that's when the Dolphins have to start thinking, this guy could maybe win us one more game and put us in reach of the Super Bowl, and that's a completely different game. When you're in reach of a Super Bowl, you can't think Bro, about politics, which is right now what I think the Dolphins are thinking about. Yeah, I'm I'm going with um, Tua because – He's your quarterback of the future. He's your franchise quarterback, and um, you started him. You've started him um, in the past couple of games, like past four or five games, right? So you need to keep him stability. You need to know. You need to make sure he knows that you have trust in him. And the biggest way to do that is start him in these games, these crunch time games, and don't take him out because. Because then you'll lose his trust because he's like, oh, am I not good enough? Do you guys not have enough trust in me? So they should be like, we have full trust in you to go out, perform. You're going to be our starting quarterback for the for the future. You're a franchise quarterback. So we just want you to go out there, play ball, and it won't hurt your starting position at all. I'm going to go ahead and make this argue, uh, excuse me, this answer to the question two to one favoring Fitzpatrick. Stromboli, I like what you said, but I also have more reasons why. I'll start off by saying this man's a veteran, and although he has not been in the playoffs, he's been in tough situations, and that we that was a tough situation in Saturday night, playoffs on the line against the Raiders. What do you do? You turn to your veteran, and your veteran gets it done. This man's been in tough situations, nail biters, and if he's going up against Bill's defense, he, he's the man to uh, get, get the ball to his receiver in the right spot. Number two, has Tua really proved himself? I get that the Dolphins are starting him. But other than that Cardinals game, I haven't seen what I'd call a solid performance here. Like, I've seen I've seen Burrow and Herbert put up solid, solid performances with their respective teams. I haven't seen Tua. I haven't been pleased by Tua personally. So if, if the Dolphins, look, they have nothing to lose in the playoffs. They have nothing to lose. Go out there, start the man you personally believe in. And I know Brian Flores believes in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just on what he's done in these games, he's put in Fitzpatrick. It's the pressure, and I personally believe Dolphins should be starting Fitzpatrick in whatever playoff game they're in. I think he gives them the best chance to win. But that wraps it up for that Dolphins segment. Now we, we're going to move into some NFC-AFC situations for the playoffs. So next week, some teams contending that are currently... Bears currently have a seven seed over the Cardinals. The Bears beat the Packers. She's the Packers lose. The Cardinals beat the Rams. The Seahawks beat the 49ers, and the Saints win. It's going to be an interesting playoff scenario, and I'm going to pass it on to Mr. Stromboli. Stromboli, go ahead and take us through. If these four things happen, what's our bracket looking like? Yeah, um, I mean, exactly what 
Dr. Cash just said there. So the Bears win, Cardinals win, Seahawks and Saints. When that happens, well, first of all, the Saints take the number one overall seed with the tiebreaker with Seattle and Green Bay. And that is kind of confusing for you guys at home, but New Orleans wins the tiebreaker because they have a better win percentage in the conference games. And then Seattle would win over Green Bay because after New Orleans is out, it's just a head-to-head. I mean, it's just them two. And in in that scenario, it's the best win percentage in common games. So this is a three-way tie. Those are the two things that it comes down to. So Seattle wins that. Now we look at the last part, which is Chicago. The Rams were almost a lock for the playoffs, but this would be the rare scenario that they lose. Now we're not saying... I think everybody can agree. We're not saying any of this happens. We're trying to make the most bogus bracket we can. And this is what we're seeing here. Like, this is what we think would be the most crazy without it being unrealistic. Chicago would be it over the tiebreaker with Arizona and Los Angeles because of the win percentage in the games that they've played common. So what that means basically is... If the Cardinals, Rams, and Bears all played against the Packers and Browns and Texans, for example, not saying this is real, and the Cardinals are 3-0 and and the other two teams are 1-2, and then the Cardinals would get the one, and then the other two teams would decipher from there. So using, that may be a bit confusing, but using that logic, the Cardinals would play in Seattle for the first game. Chicago would play at Green Bay, so I guess it would be a rematch of the Week 17 matchup. And Tampa Bay would play against the Giants. Or Tampa Bay would play against the Cowboys, excuse me, because in this bracket, in this little playoff thing, we also have the Cowboys winning and the Eagles winning. So my question to you guys, based on this, is there any way, first of all, that we see Chicago beat Green Bay twice and the second thing is that can the Cowboys actually make a run here? I mean, I know they're playing the Bucks, but the Bucks have shown weakness. Start off with the first one. I mean, what do you guys yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, well, for your first thing, I just straight up, I don't think the Bears can beat the Packers twice. I don't think they can beat them once, to be honest with you. I think Aaron Rodgers is uh, playing at an MVP level right now. And I think Mitchell Trubisky is playing at a pretty bad level. I mean, he's playing decent, uh, don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's not playing Aaron Rodgers level and I don't think I think that's where it's going to come down to because both these teams have pretty good defenses and it's going to come down to that quarterback play and there's just a huge huge advantage on Green Bay's side. So, yeah, I think Green Bay takes first game easily, but if we do get into this wacky situation, then I think they can easily take the same game as well. What do you yeah, think, I think, uh, I think, yeah, for me, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. So obviously he's been playing at that level. Chicago, look, they got a good defense. I'm not going to lie. Led by Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, that huge, that great linebacking core. It's not going to be enough to stop Aaron Rodgers. This man's been dominating for years and years and years. It's not going to stop against this Chicago thing. I think they might make it more competitive than people think because Mitch Trubisky has picked it up. He's been playing that. that he has that yeah, underdog yeah. mentality. I don't think it's going to be enough because I, I can't. You just can't bet against Aaron Rodgers here. Um, he's just too good in this situation. But uh, the Bears are going to put up a fight if that that ends up being the matchup. And again, yeah, this is a very unlikely scenario. Just throwing out any possibility here, but. Um, I think, yeah, I think the Bears have no shot here, but uh, they'll be close. Yeah, Um, so going. Yeah, and and that brings us to the second question, which I don't know how much of you guys got, but which is, can the Cowboys make a run? They played the Bucks to start it, and then they'd most likely take on Uh, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints. Well, yeah, they probably take the Saints because they're the lowest. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead in this Bucks situation. Bucks, Cowboys, simple answer here, no chance. They're not beating the Bucks. You cannot guard Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, a terrible defense. 
Look, they had a couple good games. We'll give them that. They did great against the rookie Jalen Hurts, but they're giving up 30 points a game consistently. And uh, this Tampa Bay offense just put up 50 against Detroit. So I think that running, you, mm-hmm. you got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. That's that's too good for that Cowboys defense. They do not stand a chance. Oh, look, Andy Dalton's, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Been in the playoffs a couple times. Cowboys offense obviously has, but you can't, you just you can't see them winning with the amount of talent Tampa Bay has on offense. Not to mention they they uh, Bruce Arians fully utilized that offense in that uh, Detroit win. If that's how they play against Dallas, Dallas ain't putting up forty points on the Buccaneers. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Um, yeah, and I completely agree with Dr. Cash. I mean, sure, I would say they have a great chance with Dak in because he can put up 40 points. He can compete even with the lackluster defense. But you have Andy Dalton. I I just don't have the same faith in him. That's why he's a backup quarterback, right? And so, yeah, I think um, with lackluster quarterback play, uh, subpar defense, yeah, they don't really stand up any chance to – a goat who might be 40 years old, but he's still the goat and a defense that has been playing really good and an offense that's full of weapons. Yeah. And when you look at this Cowboys team, the biggest problem is on yeah, defense. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree there. Now, before we move on, I'd just like to announce that we're probably going to put this bracket up soon at- for you guys to visualize what we're talking about yeah and this will probably go up on our website for sure and possibly on our social media we'll see as the day progresses we're also now going to talk about the afc which we also saw in a playoff bracket now this is a more unlikely scenario but it's also possible and i think it makes a really interesting wild card round i think we briefly talked about this before we started today but the Bills yeah. knock off Miami, and the Colts and Titans win their divisional games against the Colts playing the Jags and the Titans playing the Texans. All of that is very likely to happen. So here's where things get interesting. In the AFC North, the Ravens somehow, some way, fall to the Bengals, which have taken victims. Don't forget <laughs> yep. the Steelers' loss. And the Browns and Steelers go to overtime, and neither one of them can score, or each one of them score a field goal, putting this game to a tie. Now, I know that seems very unlikely, but I think we can all agree that a tie in that game wouldn't surprise yeah, I, anybody. I, I agree mean, there. You, got you got guys Steelers agree with defense that. Who can, I, I don't uh, think we stop Baker in that offense in overtime. And, you know, that, that Steelers offense, those receivers have been dropping balls uh, left and right. So, you know, a couple drops here and there, get a three mm-hmm. now. I mean, yeah, this could very likely be a tie. I agree. Yeah. Not to mention the Browns are playing at a – Browns defense, I mean, playing at a higher level than how they started. So, but if we play out that scenario, we're assuming the Chiefs just do their thing. The Chiefs yeah. finish at the top. Then we have Miami as the seven seed taking on Buffalo as the two seed. Miami mm-hmm. is ten and six at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I just and I just like now, to mention all these matchups here. So that's already a rematch. Matchups, so these teams then have we have Cleveland. So yeah. Yeah, so we're yeah. seeing a third version basically. So Cleveland will now take on. Pittsburgh because their win percentage at 10 5 and 1 is mm-hmm. better than a 10 and 6 Miami record. So they automatically get the nod there. Then they take on Pittsburgh who sit at 12 3 and 1 with their tie to Cleveland. They sit behind Buffalo but just above Tennessee. Then we have identical records from Tennessee and Indianapolis at 11 and 5 where Tennessee wins the tiebreaker as the division champion. That, to me, is the most interesting scenario we could come up with because each one of these teams knows the other team. And the first two matchups, Miami at Buffalo and Cleveland at Pittsburgh, 
those are rematches from week 17. So not only did they just, are they playing for the third time? They just played their second game a week ago, which I think is the most crazy thing. Yeah, I so think it far. just it makes for really interesting football because both these teams have just played each other. They have so much to game plan off of, and like they see each other twice a week or twice a year. My bad, and they they know what to expect. So yeah, I think it, it's it makes the craziest things because like the Bills could be knocked off it's a possibility for sure because Miami's played them they know what to expect and they can game plan specifically for Josh Allen they know his weaknesses because they've played him so many times and yeah I think my other question to you guys would be out of the top two so Cleveland in Pittsburgh and then Miami in Buffalo. Which one of those two games? I see uh, Cleveland week Pittsburgh game. You see there being Cleveland upset. has a very good chance at upsetting Pittsburgh over then Miami Buffalo. Josh Allen's are playing at an MVP level. Ben Roethlisberger and that offense, they just yeah. had a huge comeback win, but that offense has looked shaken at times. So I'll go with Cleveland if I had to choose an upset and be them. Yeah, I think um, Cleveland is a. A much better team than Miami. I think they have stars like Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield is playing at a. I mean, even if he hasn't like recently, I think he's been playing at a high level. I think that Baltimore game, if he can find that kind of fire, that kind of performance, then then Cleveland could easily upset a Pittsburgh team that seems to be on a downward trend. Even after clinching the division, I think they could still be on a downward trend. Yeah, I mean, it would be safe to mm-hmm. say that they almost got lucky today, like falling under, falling under heavy fire and then coming back. Great game for the offense to bounce back, but at what cost? You're really behind right now. That's my main concern with the Steelers is, is how much ground can you cover in the two weeks that you have left? Because you were playing, I, I wouldn't even say you're playing great football. You were playing good football just regular good football, and you've come off three losses in a row and a tight win, and now you're heading to Cleveland to play this game. And if you lose this game, it turns a lot more opportunities open for everybody else, and we could potentially be seeing another rematch, even if that does happen, where Cleveland gets the five and Pittsburgh gets the four. Another question I had for you guys before we move to Prubs with the dubs is Miami's playing out Buffalo back-to-back here. They're going to stay in Buffalo. (laughs) for two weeks here i mean i'm assuming they come back home and regroup and come back but still that's back-to-back weeks at buffalo is there any chance that the bills just walk over and just forget that they're playing miami like you know have a lapse because you're playing the same team twice in the same conditions at the same stadium i mean i think sometimes it has to get right and the coaching staff the josh allen he's gonna make sure that their team is ready I, I doubt that that, that 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 can happen, but I mean, like you pointed out, it's such similar circumstances. It might happen. You see a couple plays, and those could be game-breaking plays where there are a couple lapses and score an easy touchdown off a um, kickoff maybe, uh, breakdown coverage. You never know. And, I mean, those things tend to happen when um, you're in circumstances like this. So, I mean, I think it's possible, but I think co- the coaches, the Bills staff, will have this team ready, and I think um, I won't. I'm not expecting that from the a Bills team that's looked really sharp this whole. Season. Yeah, I completely agree with him. Uh, it'll be a tough game, but I think yeah, that Bills coaching staff will have time to prepare again for Miami. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in Buffalo. They've looked different with Stephon Diggs, so. I guess that brings us to the end of this segment. And well, no, I'd also, I'd also, sorry to interrupt. The dubs. I'm going to go ahead and get NFL it over has just also flexed the Washington Philly game to Sunday night football. So that will be on primetime division. The playoffs for Washington on the line. So just wanted to mention that. Yeah, thanks. 
Yeah, so that certainly changes things for the NFC East. So the Cowboys will not be able to see right away if they're in the playoffs. They'll have to wait. And the Washington football team will know what's at stake. Talk about pressure. I'm going to go ahead and give yeah, it over so, to Probst. Uh, saying with the, the football uh, momentum here on on this segment of um, Probs with the Dubs. And today, I have to go with a team that isn't winning as much, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've only won one game this entire season, but they just got their biggest dub today when they lost again. But the Jets won. So the Jags have secured the number one spot in the NFL draft. And what that brings is arguably one of the most talented quarterback prospects we have ever seen coming out of um, college, Trevor Lawrence. And he falls right into their laps. This he is, uh, many people think him a decade quarterback, um, someone who comes o- around only once a decade, and he's he's just been that talented, right? And um, for Jacksonville to get him to snag him out of the Jets, who have won their past two games, I think it's uh, the biggest dub that they've had so far this entire season. And I think uh, most Jets fans are pretty excited because um, they – a couple of weeks ago, they were like, oh, yeah, Justin Fields is fine. And now they're like, oh, yes, Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, that's just a dream come true for them. And I think they really took the biggest dub of the week. And, yeah, for them, it's for the um, Jaguars, um, it's the biggest right, dub of the whole year for them. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and I'm just saying because he's a franchise quarterback, you can build your whole, your whole franchise around him and – it just changes the right, and it's also great franchise. for the city of Jacksonville. That football team just really hasn't been anything since mm-hmm. the 2017 uh, AFC Championship team. That one year wonder, yeah. they were so close making it to the Super Bowl, and after that, it all fell apart. So that's going to wrap it up for this yep. edition of the Rewind That Tape podcast. Remind you to go check us out on social media. Hit us up Instagram, Twitter. Bleacher Report, TikTok, we're all over those social media platforms. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. As always, thanks for the support. Continue to deliver y'all articles multiple times a week. DM us any thoughts you want, any uh, starters you want for us on a podcast or articles you recommend. As always, thanks for listening today, and we'll see you soon. Peace.